hang up. Okay, the um, short time we have now for part two, I'd like to focus on one particular Indian which comes with a, sh- a chiddush that you have to be careful with. The person who said is a Tamachacham, I'll mention the name soon. I, I'm, I think it's a possibility as we were carefully trying to do the first part of the shear and whenever we give shear last many years on Navi is when you have a tzaddik and a tzaddikis and you're trying to examine a possible mistake or a mahalach you have to be very very careful to go with the chazals and really interpret correctly so we have uh, no rishus to uh, bring any Taina or magnify something more as it is, everything's magnified because of the Madrega. And that's an uh, all important theme learning any of Tanakh. And I've been. <laughs> At least they're speaking Yiddish. This never happened, but. Um, I, I know all of you by face. I don't think any any of you could have been sent here. What in the? I don't know. Zach, you want to give me your papers because I thought I knew you a long time. Maybe uh, we'll try that again. Um, okay. Um, they don't need to have someone in the room. Uh, that's correct. Yeah, one. But to call a Russian. Enter the four-digit PIN number. Type your four-digit password. Shalom, Reva Yosef Viner. Please choose the topic of this year you'd like to... You have entered wait mode. You are now about to start recording this year. For the second, for the second time. Was all that caught on video? Because they believe it? <laughs> okay, Baruch Hashem, we're... Um, Sitting with Rachamesham, I am here, and hopefully these are non-issues. Can you imagine how scary it is for people living under regimes where it's not a joke? Just to understand how uh, we have to say day, day in and day out. So, with that uh, reminder, I'd like to discuss Daniel, certainly one of the most mysterious things in the Megillah, among many mysterious things. We're not even sure he's in the Megillah. But we've been working over the last number of weeks that, according to the Pshat, that Hasach was Daniel. There is a Pashat Pshat, Hasach was Hasach, and one of the messengers of, um, of Esther Malka. And for a quick uh, review, what, what happened to him? What are the choices? So we already brought down this uh, Sugim Babasra. And Dalav and Aleph. I don't remember if, I don't think we gave out a copy, so just listen up. It's a short uh, thesis, which we already saw a part of it. The Gemara wants to know what the options are. Why would he be called Hasach if he's Daniel? So, one man damar, she called the Remalchus, Nechtochen Alpiv, Hasach has in cutting, that he had tremendous power, or the main advisors of the king, which certainly he was. 
for all say for Daniel, London of Vuchanetzer, and the emperors afterwards, including Belshazzar. And Yelaman Dharma says that he was cut from his position and now still in government, but had a much lower position. Esther Malka knew the only person she could trust is Daniel, who's been the Gadladar for a few generations already. And that's why she sends him, but Tesis already brings down that Quintus Mandamar, there was some punishment that he was cut down from his position. And the question is, what happened? So he brings the Targum that in the Shlichus, Haman realized he was going back and forth, realized what was going on, got very nervous that they shouldn't be plotting to get rid of him, exactly what they're doing, and he kills him on the spot. So he died al Kiddush Hashem. That's from the Targum. Taisus says that Shaz Bavli seems to say he was the Shliach and doesn't say he wasn't the Shliach. Afterwards, he didn't bring it back because the Gemara Megillah says he didn't want to give bad news, and Esther Malka said no at first, so he stopped delivering it, but he was still alive. And that's how Tesis frames the Machlikis, basically it's Machlikis the Targum, and Shaz Bavli. What I'd like to focus on is the Targum. If he was indeed killed during the Shlichus, so Shlichus Mitzvah and Nezaken is not a Kasha, for two reasons. Number one, there is no such rule. And this is about as dangerous a mission as you could be doing. Hamid's walking around. He's looking all the time to see if anybody's trying to undo his plot. And he sees it, not surprisingly. So it was a dangerous shlichus, extremely dangerous, and he was caught. Uh, Rab Chaim, we mentioned this last year, says that shlichus mitzen and zakin, even if it's not shlichus is when it's not his time or her time to go, they won't be hurt by this. Getting into the Hamachlekes, can a human being hurt another human being? But it's not the time, Rakosh Baruchu just quickly, Kaviyachu fixes it up with plan B. But if it's his time to go, it's a schus to leave the world while you're being Asik B'mitzvah, which would take away the Kasha also. I don't think you need that over here because Lamaisa. It was Shriya Chazeka, the dangerous mission. The question is, if you've noticed, the only casualty from beginning to end of the entire story of the Megillah is Daniel. And that uh, screams out for a bit of explanation. Why is that? Klaisal's under threat of annihilation. They do a serious truva, serious tefillah, serious tainus, Esther Malkata, serious mysterious nefesh, and... They're saved. So, Esther and Nebuchadnezzar stuck in the palace the rest of her life. That's a casualty. But Daniel's killed. It's not fair. It's not a kasha. It's a question if you have an answer. Which I want to share. I think it's a chiddish, but the theme is very telling and it's uh, nagea to uh, modern life today as well. He died on Kiddush Hashem. Daniel was Daniel. Goes down in history as uh, from the old time Gedele Adar. The status exactly as a Navi he had Navuas, many of them. As a matter of fact, most of them are completely locked in Sefer Daniel and we can't make heads or tails out of them. And that's, it should stay that way per the first part of our discussion tonight about not trying to figure out when the ghoul is coming. So, 
Daniel's Daniel. Everybody knows Daniel. It's a Sefer Tanakh, above reproach, and that we can't fathom the Madrega. I say above reproach, our reproach, but Chazal do say that one of two things on his Madrega were possibly an error in judgment, and that's fine. That's with David Melech and Meish Nothing. There's nothing wrong with that. What went wrong? What was the error in judgment? So, we see the Lush of the Rambam. This Rambam actually is coming up probably this week in Night Seder and Lifna Ever. So if you're tuned in, you will hear this again together with another three Rambams, but I want to focus just on the one that's not to us. The Rambam brings down from the Gemara that there's an Isser to give an Eitzah Teva to a Russia, he says, "Guy, guy meant Akom." Then you can have a guy who's not a Russia. He keeps saying, "It's this nice guy." Talking about uh, you have a balitzichanim problem, but if you were an advisor and getting paid handsomely, then it would be mutter. Otherwise, how can you be an accountant or an attorney or a financial advisor or anything else? You're giving eights all day. The answer is that's your job. The problem is, how do you do it if the client is a Russia? That's a problem which we'll say for night Seder. Why? <laughs> How do you get out of this? But again, I want to focus on the, the Megillah aspect. Can't give an Eitzah to a guy or an Evid Russia. Why is Ram saying Evid Russia? Who's an Evid Russia? So Mama brings this from the Gemara that the Gemara asked this on Hordis, and that's where the Sugi is over here in Babasra. Hordis was a ruthless dictator who was Bekashi Jewish. He was Jewish. He was an Eved. He came from the uh, Dumiim who lived uh, somewhere near Harseir. And uh, they got involved in battles in the Beis Chashmanayim and they ended up converting them. Mendy, your comment comes up twice in one night. We don't look for Geirim who are not really interested in keeping mitzvahs. If they don't keep mitzvahs, not chal. If they do keep mitzvahs, but they're not really interested, they do it because they have to. That's also b'dyevid, because they're not going to make Ger Tzedek. And the Ger Tzedek, if he makes it, Gavaldik. Rus and uh, many other incredible examples. They were not part of these incredible examples. And they were nothing but a thorn on everybody's side. They created havoc in Glazel. They were a tribe from right outside the border who loved going to war and killing people and taking booty. And they, they, they had very bad midas, to say the least. Bekitzer, these Avadim were Avadim to base Chashmanayim. And as we know, they ended up rebelling and they took over and killed every single last Chashmanayim that there's nobody left. And they took over. Now they're the new kings. So you have a king who's not, I guess, the sort of Jewish, and Abed is half Jewish, not a full Gairus, and, and he's king. And wasn't very from, and probably did the Jewish things publicly. I would say he uh, lit Manera, but I hope he didn't do that, because that would really be ridiculous after he wipes out Beis Cheshman. I mean, he probably did. Uh, he did the publicly Jewish thing. He's trying to run a Jewish state, otherwise he's not going to be in office very long. But you get the, uh, unfortunately, some of that goes on today, and there's nothing else really Jewish about them. And he's not fully Jewish, and he's not from not only is he not from and not that fully Jewish, he's incredibly violent. You want to talk about arch murderers? 
he made it a, his business because he had this feeling, and he was right, that the Chachamim didn't like him because he wasn't supposed to be king. And he was a terrible person. And that he was right about. And he went on a rampage and he killed everybody. Killed civilians left, right, and center. And he had it in for from people. And the firmer they were, the more marked they were. And Tzmin Chachamim just massacred everybody. And the Gemara says he kept one alive. Talk about we started the night with twisted logic. It doesn't get worse than this. So he kept one alive, Bob Bambuto, who was a Heiligatana, kept him alive because he wanted somebody to give him good aces. Can't find smart people who are reliable. Shimashadah went on the ground. That was a, whatever. I, he couldn't reach him. Bob Bambuto, Nebuch, he blinded him, and he, I, I mean, he couldn't, the Rishra Silva here, it's. Uh, and he's running the country, he's running the country. He thinks he's running the country. Hashem is running the country, but uh, apparently they weren't Zechat anything better right now. And Hordis, it's, everything tonight is a little spooky. I happened to go there for 10 seconds just now. You wouldn't think, I never in my life saw, it's not a Taina, I never in my life saw a National Geographic in a shul. Okay, does somebody want to get it from the shelf over there? I wanna, I, I, so you know I'm not making this up, just go, go around and bend there. You see, uh, um, that's fine. That, that happened, somebody with Poppy in the uh, bathroom and didn't want to think of learning and has that Yetzirah, you know. So, um, uh, so I it just, I, I didn't, the guy planted it there, obviously was listening to my conversation on the way here, knew I was going to talk about it. Um, but it's, uh, speak about misleading uh, titles and, total falsification of history. You see it? Or did somebody steal it away to hide the evidence? <laughs> did you? It's right on the shelf facing the... Um, I just noticed it now. I was there for all the five seconds. Uh, go, go into the next room and turn to the... Uh, well, you'll see it on the shelf. Uh, if, you're, if you didn't find it, you're... Um, they're taking too long. Okay, I'll just say what it says. You're going to this all on. This really happened. So there's a National Geographic out there, which I haven't s- seen even the cover. Thank you. Thank you. I did, this is not set up. You know, the evangelical type people have people in the crowd who set up these things, and it's all fake. This is not set up. Um, I kid you not. Wow. The real King Herod, architect of the Holy Land. So I'm making a machah. He was not the architect of the Holy Land. There was nothing holy about him. And the land got very unholy while he was there. Okay? I just want to... I, I, I can't make this up. I, why would somebody put a National Geographic as I'm, um, by five seconds, putting my thoughts together? Um, and, um, yeah, this is uh, pretty anti-Semitic. The other subtopics over here is West Bank looting. I don't like this. Is, okay, whatever. I'm not here to give Askama, but everybody went liberal, apparently. Uh, the real King Herod. So I, don't, I didn't read the article. Maybe they talk a say. He was a Russian mushroom, quote the whole thing in Basra, and blow his cover. I, I don't know what's going You'll read it afterwards. You'll let me know. But uh, the real King Herod is only found in Basra, and he was a horrible guy who killed a lot of people and tortured Bob Ben Buta. That's the first part of the Gemara. So you'll tell me afterwards what it says. If they say that, then I will apologize to the National Geographic, but I won't apologize to the next article. Um, but we'll, um, so we'll, uh, we'll get back to that. You'll tell me afterwards. You don't have to read it. I would bring it to your father. Don't, don't look in it because I can't assume everything's kosher. Just, uh, um, this used to be the thing that didn't have any priests. I don't know where it's holding now because they're clearly printing fake news. Um, okay. <laughs> So, Hordas takes Bob Bambut and he has him in chains and he's in the palace as his advisor. It's not even good to treat your employees like that because they don't perform, but apparently he can't figure that out. And 
he's so paranoid. He was only paranoid because everybody's out to get him, by the way, which happens to be true. And he disguises his voice. He doesn't have to disguise himself because he blinded him, Nebuch. Disguises his voice, and he goes up to him and he says, you know this, who this fellow? That's Herod on the cover over there, just to translate it. He's terrible. He's terrible. The country's ruined. The country is a Russia musha. He says, "I know you're a Halakatan. I want you to curse him," which might be a good idea. But if you're Bab Mabuta, the reason you're Bab Mabuta is because even if you're blind, you're very smart. And he was trying to test him to see if he was loyal. So Bab Mabuta tried to get. He says, "Nah, it's not a good idea." He says, "No, no, no. No one's gonna know. It's only me and you in here." He's blind. And he says, "I promise. Promise, scouts on it. It's only me and you in here." He doesn't know who he's talking to. So he said, I don't think it's a good idea. He says, who's going to find out? And he starts quoting Psukim that uh, the news is going to spread. The kids are, he didn't get one word out of his mouth. And then he said, it's me, Hordis, your boss. And if I would have known, Tamid Chama was so careful, I wouldn't have killed everybody. <laughs> Which is kind of like a half-baked chuva, but half is too generous. Like, Shouldn't kill people because it's violent, dangerous, and violation of Allah's Sitzah. He didn't exactly say that, but he regretted, he understood that the only people he can really trust are the Tzmidul Chamim and the other advisors are trying to stab him in the back, which was also true. And he had some pangs of regret. So he turned to Baba Bhutta and he said, You know, I really did a lot of damage. Uh, anyway, I can get a kapara? So Baba Bhutta tells him, you really like turned out the lights on society and the world by killing all the Chachamim because they're the Ene Eida and uh, there's less learning going on. You did really horrible atrocities. The only thing that maybe would be perhaps a start is if you rebuilt the base of Mikdash. It's in a horrible, horrible shape. Um, it's in a horrible shape because you and your cohorts have been destroying the country and anybody interested in the Avoida isn't alive anymore and nobody wants to donate because nobody wants to be anywhere near you when your capital is here. And Maybe you could fix all that up and really make a nice presentation for the Beis HaMikdash. It's a Chiddush Nifla, and the Gemara right away asks, how can Bob and Muta do this? You're not allowed to give advice that might help a Russia. And the guy is non-repentant. He didn't say, oh my, I did Ritzicha, and I'm an Eisvarf, and I'm a Russia, and I'm... Uh, uh, the, the lowest form of earth of, of human beings in society and, and I really wanted to come from him he didn't say any of that, he's not even coming from him he says, you know, I could have had 10 good advisors over here and I messed things up why did he do this and why is this mutter, the Gemara asks and the Gemara says that the Beis Amitish needed repair and the only way it's going to get repaired is if somebody throws in hundreds of millions of dollars and throws the support of the government behind it because projects like this didn't have machinery. They needed people. And it takes years and years, and you need the government behind you. It's not going to get done. The base of is falling apart. And we need a base of Mikdash. We had a base of Mikdash, and we need the Avaizah. And it's falling apart. So he had no choice. So he wasn't really repentant. And yes, he's giving him a schus, which is not good for his longevity, and we don't want Hordes to have longevity. That's why you can't give good advice to Rishayim, because it's going to cause them to have a schus. It's a major theme in a small little Gemara. And the Gemara says, Baba Buddha knew the din, of course, but he had no choice. It's not going to get built otherwise. And he gave him very pinpointed advice, because Hordes, as much Gaivan, 
and violence that he could muster running his own little uh, kingdom over here. He was a puppet of the Roman Empire, and he knew it. And he has this trusted advisor, and he basically at this point said, uh, you know, I'd like to do it. Maybe it's a good idea if it'll help me. And a little Jewish pride, a good display to show I'm a Jewish king, even though I'm not a Jewish king. And maybe it'll help me with the citizens. They won't hate me so much. However, the Romans are really not going to like this. And how am I going to get away with this? So Belbamuta tells him, your advantage is you don't live in the year 2022 Limits Parham. And they're not watching you or listening right now. And it takes a good year to get there and back. So why don't you start the project and hurry up. And not going to take a week, but by the time the news travels there, and then they're going to debate it, and they're going to be furious, send the message back. And Baba Buta and his godless, he said, it's all going to happen, and they're going to find it eventually. They're going to send the message back in again a few years from this. By the time they send the message back, I'm going to tell you what the message is going to be. The message is going to be, we heard you built in the base of Mikdash. If you didn't finish yet, stop. If you did, you're a bad boy. That's what the Gemara says. You're a bad, supposed to be our Eved, and you're not, you knew we wouldn't like that, but just, we're not into Besamikdash. We even have plans to destroy it, but I don't know if they're going to spell that out right now. I don't say no, but they're still not into refurbishing. And they'll give you a slap on the wrist, and you'll get away with it. That's just Bubba Mutz's Das Terror. Well, don't Nevi'ah's over here, but Chacham Adaminavi. And Rachel Bitzcha, talk about having information. Rachel Bitzcha Khtani said, Great idea, let's do it. And he produced what National Geographic, but we don't need National Geographic. You look at the Kamar and Sukkah, Lahabdil Elif, Avdal, and a few more million. He, he knew how to build. That's why it says architect of the Holy Land, but that's misleading if they don't tell us who he really was. He destroyed the Holy Land and he built up part of it as a kapara that was self serving. I hope it says all this in the article. You'll tell me. You can write a letter to the editor afterwards, just transcribe the shear. I'm not sure what it's going to say. Lamaisa, he built quite an edifice. Herodian building. Building he knew how to do. And he built, and he took advice from the Chazal on how to make the tiles and the marble, but it should look like the blue. The Gemara tells us very detailed information, and it was gorgeous. And the Gemara says, it would have been us, sir, even though we're getting a basic mixture out of it, but it would be awesome if we had another way to do it. But Baba Bidu says there is no other way to do it. It's not going to get done. So then it's Mutter. That's what the Ramam brings down over here. That you're not allowed to give an Eitz a Teva that's going to help a Russia. He's not deserving. He's not doing Tshuva. If he does Tshuva, he's not a Russia anymore. That's why the Ramam says, Evid Russia. The Eitz Tova to a guy is Daniel and Nebuchadnezzar. Also, dealing with an advisor... Yushtam B'chacham, here is a Navi, and he's a God of the Yisrael, as Baba Buta was. And I say Daniel was a Navi, he got Nevuas, whatever, we don't have to get into that part of the sugya. And doing an incredible job, helping Klai Yisrael, inspiring Klai Yisrael, and he was Mason Efesh Davin, which is going to trigger him getting thrown into a lion's den, which is never too safe, speaking of doing mitzvahs. If you can't Davin, with security, and you might get thrown into a lion's den, you're putter from tefillah. He knew it was dangerous, and he davened anyway. Why? Because for somebody like him, it was a chil Hashem, it was like a shas hashmad. For him not to daven would be throwing in the towel for his own wilchnius, and more importantly, for Klai Yisrael's And all that's to his immense credit. If you'd read Daniel, 
And you see, he davened, and they caught him, and they, uh, the advisors were jealous of him, and they said, you got to throw him in. And then Nebuchadnezzar actually wanted to keep him around, and he didn't want to throw him in, but he had no choice. Throws him in, and then he has the Yeshua, and we all know what happened, and it ended up being a bigger kid of Shem. But it's a pretty frightening experience. Without the Gemara, it would have said, nope, Tzadikim have Nisianis, they pass, and they're given the opportunity to have, it's very frightening, harrowing, but it's, they have a biggest chus. He came out unscathed with a lion's den, and they didn't feed the lions for a few days beforehand. But Chazal tell us that that's, for the most part, true, and he survived, and it was a Kiddush Hashem, but the reason he was thrown in is because he gave an Eitzat Teva to Nebuchadnezzar. Now, the tricky part, which one I'll leave you for next week, is there were, if you'd ask Daniel, there are many, many good reasons why he gave that Eitzat. Primarily, the Yidin were new into Gullus, they were poor, they were hungry, they were tired, and the Eitzah he gave him is open up your coffers and make some social programs and feed the Jews. They're starving. So why was he criticized? The Gemara here by Baba Buddha says that he had no choice because he had to build the base of Eitzah. That's fine. The Gemara accepts that. So why was it not fine with Daniel? So I'll let you think about that. If you want to cheat and tune in, maybe we'll get to it Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Muncie. If we don't, we'll... Uh, that's going to be an expanded version of Lagabe, Lifneiver, and Eitzavra, and Eitzatayva, but over here is Nogea to what's going on with Daniel, and we'll get back to Asach, why all this is important in Mitzvah Shem next week. Have a good Vach, and 